Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Weird to just, like, repeat the intro, given you just heard the intro and I just repeated it. That was a stupid thing to do. That was a waste of time, but never mind, we're away. It's Wednesday and it's time for me to just talk like a crazy man about all the things that have been going on in the wrestling world this week. And it is an interesting time. And it's almost like an interesting time because on one of the WWE brands, you've kind of got... I don't even know, like nothing's happening, it's filler material, and on the other WWE brand, obviously SmackDown, we're building up to a pay-per-view, and they're doing quite things interesting, and then outside of the WWE, it's all going crazy, especially in New Japan, as we build up to Wrestle Kingdom 12, I don't know whether you've seen the Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega uh, build, but it's just, it's like something from pro wrestling 20, 30 years ago, and because of that, it feels utterly fresh, and wonderful, and awesome. I mean, I genuinely thought it was good, like Chris, if you didn't see it, Chris Jericho uh, popped up at the end of the tag uh, they're, they're doing um, uh, New Japan is doing their tag team tournament competition at the moment. Tournament. And at the end of that, Kenny Omega had just finished his sixth way with the Young Bucks. Jericho appeared in the ring. Lights went out. Beat the shit out of him. And they even have blood. And they never have blood in New Japan. And the beatdown went on for about five, six minutes. And it was awesome. Jericho came across, like, as he always does, a brand new character that you've never seen before. Then they did a press conference afterwards where they started brawling again. And Jericho kind of you know, threw a table on him and he swore... Called a, he called one of the reporters, I think, a fuckface. He said he doesn't give a shit. And it was just, I mean, look, if you've been begging for adult wrestling for a long time, I can't believe that you wouldn't at least take a look at this, be that on Twitter or social media or YouTube or whatever. It's different. Chris Jericho right now, I mean, I think he was already, it had to be already considered a Hall of Famer to, to some degree. But surely now after doing all of this, he's, he's on a new level entirely. Well, I think so anyway. I think he's great. And I've never been the biggest Chris Jericho fan in the sense that, you know, when he first came into WWE as Y2J, I liked the de- debut, didn't necessarily like the character. I liked him in WCW. You know, I thought his run in 2008 was awesome, as most people did. But by and large, I've always liked him. I'm not saying I don't like Chris Jericho. I've always liked him, but he's never been a favorite of mine. You know, you all have favorites. You just have this kind of, you know, internal bug that just latches onto certain people. Like my two favorite wrestlers ever are Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And a lot of people out there, two favorite wrestlers will be Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. Because there's just something about those guys that you warm to. And I never really liked Jericho. I never really hated him. He was a guy I knew was talented. I enjoyed watching him. But these days, I mean, everything he did last year and this year in WWE with The List and the Festival of Friendship, I thought was just damn entertaining. And for them to him now take that character and completely spin it on a 180, I come across like a really pissed off badass, for lack of a better term, I think he's entering a whole new stratosphere for me. And I really do believe he's changing the business. With all, I hate saying business, but you know what I mean. With all this stuff that he's doing. Because he's... He just, he, he just knows... It's almost like he knows the exact audience he's trying to reach out to. And he'll do whatever he has to do to get to them. And I think right now to even think about criticizing his performance would be, would be madness. Because he could have just been Chris Jericho. He could have just been the WWE Chris Jericho. I don't even think we would have question that i think it would have just been a thing we would have enjoyed seeing him in new japan it would have made us happy i don't think anyone would have gone oh la- lazy chris jericho you know doesn't want to uh you know doesn't want to 
change his character up. Nobody would think that. You just think, oh, cool, Jericho's going to have a somewhat of a dream match with Kenny Omega on New Japan's version of WrestleMania. That's cool. But the fact that he's come up with this whole new persona and ideas, and you can tell he must be, you know, uh, contributing a lot to, to the story and all, on all the angles. I just think it's wonderful. And I don't, I don't like it when people come out now on their high horse and they go like, oh, this is New Japan attacking WWE. I just want good all round. I want New Japan to be the best it can be. I want WWE to be the best it can be. You know, Impact Wrestling just announced a Scott Demore, And uh, I always call him Cyrus because I forget his real name. He's just going to be Cyrus. And that Cyrus the Virus are going to um, you know, be running Impact. And that could be really exciting. I just think it sets 2018 up to be an awesome year for wrestling. And I truly believe that you know, the more awesome companies we have, the more that WWE will be creative and everybody else will be as well. But yeah, I mean, if you're not into New Japan, and this is the weird thing, really, because Jericho has come out and said that Vince McMahon is completely cool with this and they had a chat and it was a short chat. He's like, yeah, you know, do whatever. That massively surprises me because I can't believe this isn't creating at least some buzz where maybe people that aren't that interested in or haven't been that interested in New Japan before, all of a sudden aren't like, well, I've got to check out New Japan because it is creating a buzz. And admittedly, that is a social media buzz. And, you know, a social media buzz is different to a mainstream buzz. Because especially on Twitter, there's a thing that I like to call the noise bubble, where, where you're, in, you're in that noise bubble and you think, oh, my gosh, like all this stuff's happening. But actually, outside of that noise bubble, no one has a clue what you're talking about. Happens with politics, happens with wrestling, happens with sport entertainment, everything. It seems like this thing is a massive deal, but actually, in the grand scheme of things, it's not. But so much noise was made on social media that um, it feels that way. And I'm not saying that's what happened with the Jericho Omega thing, but again, I'm not saying that all of a sudden it's going to launch New Japan and America onto the same uh, same level as as WWE is, but I do think it must be attracting some new people to watch it that maybe up to this point haven't. Because not only is it a really mature adult angle, it's really cool. You imagine the match they're going to have is going to be great. I mean, they've kind of pitched it like a fight now. So it's probably going to be violent. So it's probably going to stand out a lot in New Japan anyway. And that will create buzz after the fact. So you've got buzz before it. The match itself will have buzz. There'll be fallout from it. And eventually, you have to think that there's going to be some people that check it out just because of who's in it. And I see what Chris Jericho means. And he is right in the sense this has made him feel like more of a star than he has in a long time. And he already felt like a star. So yeah, that probably will help with WWE to a certain extent. But does WWE need that help would be my question. Probably doesn't, right? It's WWE. It's the machine. It ticks along regardless. But I can certainly see it going the other way. I can certainly see all of a sudden New Japan. Again, not a huge boost. I just want to reiterate that before I get comments and stuff. But genuinely, yeah, I think that um, there's something here. And it's just excellent, if nothing else. I, don't, I mean, the business stuff is, is cool to discuss and metrics and all that kind of nonsense. But ultimately, it's just fun pro wrestling to watch. And that's the most important thing. So, yeah, that was easy the highlight of the last seven days, I thought. I thought it was wonderful. You know, it made me want to go out there and seek out watch and watch more. Everybody within the little bubble was talking about it. It was great. Created a buzz. And it's, you know, the fact that it comes so early in 2018 is awesome because it just kicks the year off with a bang. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I, I don't think they can do any wrong now. I think they've set a wonderful bar. You know, they just have a big brawl in the Tokyo Dome on January the 4th or 12th or whatever it is. I don't know where rest control is. I think it's going to be great. And of course, you do have Okada versus Naito as well, which will also be a great match. And again, you could argue that's been completely overshadowed. Yeah, maybe in a, to Western audiences, but I'm pretty sure over in Japan, that's still a huge deal as well. But that's good. That's what you want. New Japan are trying to make inroads to, the, uh, to America. You've got one of the biggest American stars in history helping you out with that. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And again, I think you should all go 
you should all go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, before we do get into, obviously, we're going to break down Clash of Champions on this episode. That is happening on Sunday, which is only Thursday, Friday, four days away as I record this. So that's exciting. But I do want to thank everyone that joined the Patreon this week. We're coming up to the milestone where I, I can start doing Let's Plays and stuff like that, and everyone loves that kind of stuff. And I know milestone seems a bit silly. I'm not saying I need this amount of money to do it. It just means I can stop doing other things because I know that money's coming in. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone that signed up. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a link below. If you're, I, and I always put a link in it in the, on the, the podcast services, but I don't know whether you can click that or not. But anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Please donate a dollar, whatever you can. You know, it just keeps me able to keep doing these podcasts. You know, because obviously you need to live, need to eat, and, and that's what it's all about. Uh, again, YouTube channel, youtube.com for us in the middle report rules. I thought a pretty decent video went out there the other day called The Worst Games of 2017. The best games of 2017 is in the works at the moment. It was meant to be today. Premiere is causing me a nightmare, but that will be up soon too. Then we'll have the most underrated games of 2017, plus we'll have a 2018 preview and loads of other stuff. So keep an eye out for that. Follow me on Twitter at Simon316. Join the Facebook group at Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. You just search for that in Facebook. And I've got some t-shirts as well if you want to buy them. That's just redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Simon Miller. And of course, if you are listening on iTunes, please give us five stars. Please give us a review. Go share us on Squared Circle and they have that podcast thread up. Tweet about it. Facebook it. Tell your mate. All that stuff. I'd love to go into 2018 knowing that more people are listening to this than ever. Right, how should we do this today? Should we go through Raw and SmackDown and then do Clash of Champions, or does that make any sense? No, we will. We'll do Raw, and then we'll do SmackDown and Clash of Champions together. I mean, Raw at the moment is stagnating. There's no two ways about it, and it's not necessarily WWE's fault, because they don't have a pay-per-view to the Raw Rumble. I assume things will kick off in the, in the new year. Maybe the Christmas version of Raw will, will do some interesting stuff as well. But it does kind of feel like they don't really know what to do until the Raw Rumble, so we're just kind of shuffling to get there. I mean, we had Braun versus Kane for the number one contendership. I think it's for the Universal title. I'm pretty sure that's right. There was a, a murmuring a, a while ago that maybe they weren't going to do that. It was just going to be a singles match with Brock Lesnar, which would be madness. It ended in a double count out because they beat the crap out of each other and eventually spilled out the ring. Not the best ending in the world. I didn't necessarily like it. Fans didn't necessarily like it. And the rumor now is that it is going to be Braun Strowman versus Kane versus Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Now, I think if you are going to do a match like that, the Raw Rumble is the pay-per-view to do it on because you have the Raw Rumble match, and that basically means you can get away with anything because that's why people watch the Raw Rumble. Now, of course, the counter-argument to that is if they book another shit Raw Rumble and that was your title match, it's going to feel a little bit lackluster. Although, I guess we'll get a SmackDown title match on that show as well, so that could balance it out if AJ's still champion anyway. But it's interesting. I think the problem with that match is that you kind of know how it's going to go. Kane will take the fall and Brock Lesnar will win. Because the whole experiment at the moment is to lead into um, WrestleMania 34. Brock Lesnar reigns. You know, Brock Lesnar will hit the F5 and Reigns will kick out of it. And people are like, oh, that hasn't happened in ages. I mean, that's clearly, you know, what, what they're gunning for here. But in terms of an attraction, I mean, it's not the best attraction in the world. You'd think that Braun will still be in the Rumble, or at least you'd hope he would be, and you'd hope that whoever he's facing at Mania and Angle will start there, as they usually do. And it was fine. It was a fine way for Raw to go off air in the sense that, you know, Kane got his ass whooped by Braun, who gave him a couple of power slams through a table. And it does make Braun like a monster, which is what Kane should be doing right now. You know, he's coming up to retirement, and any kind of star power he has left should be transferred across to Braun. So that is good. But it wasn't the most exciting end to Raw, is all I'll say. And that kind of was reflected in the ratings. Again, doesn't really mean anything. It's a three-hour show. People get bored. 
But it was the, um, I think the second hour was like the, well, the second lowest second hour ever or something, which is obviously not good. But again, we're in December and football season, there was a big uh, NFL match on as well. And I do think that WWE especially goes a bit quiet in December, which is probably why it's good that Wrestle Kingdom happens in January because New Japan kind of ramps up now and WWE goes quiet. So you can kind of jump over there instead. But it was fine. I mean, the other big storyline on Raw is that this whole Shield and versus the bar and Samoa Joe stuff. And again, it's okay. The problem we've got here is, is that we just see the same matches week in, week out, and it's hard to care. And it's weird because we saw Dean Ambrose versus Samoa Joe for the first time on Raw, but it didn't really elicit any, any excitement from me because I felt like I'd seen it before, even though I hadn't. And that's just because we keep going around the houses. And that sucked. And Jason Jordan got involved. I mean, that, 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 that's tying into this as well. I'd imagine that Jason Jordan Hilton is going to come on the Christmas Eve or the Christmas Day version of Raw. You know, he'll beat up his dad on Christmas Day. Oh, family woes and all that stuff. And then that maybe that goes into the Raw Rumble and then maybe we get Angle out Triple H at the end of that. I don't really know. But that's my problem with the bar versus the shield with, with Joe in the mix. I mean, Roman versus Cesaro for the IC Championship was the best Raw match I've seen in ages, probably all year. I'm sure you'll be able to correct that, but I'm definitely up there. So that was awesome. But again, I felt like I'd seen it a lot, even though I hadn't. So I don't, and it's the same with Seth Rollins versus Sheamus. It was a good match. And they banned everyone from ringside, so Seth Rollins was able to get a win. But we've seen it a lot. And it kind of, when you see it a lot, and you know that this is the oldest conversation ever, but you see them trading wins all the time, it does take away the star power, and it does take away the fact that it's difficult. You, know, you can't really care about it. At least that's what I find anyway. So you can still be entertained, but it feels a bit like of itself at the moment. There's no real long-term ramifications. And I think that... I do think that is a shame. But, you know, we will see. And also, on the subject of Seamus, apparently he has spinal stenosis. Or spinosis, however you pronounce it. That's not what it's called at all. Um, and that's the same injury that took out Edge and it took out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Apparently, WWE are doing measures at the moment to protect him. But that is obviously, you know, a worry, to say the least. Of course, it's a worry, to say the least. I don't want Seamus to retire. I don't want anyone to retire. But he was doing a lot of moves on his neck on you know on raw which is worrying but we'll see you know, it's not for me to make that call i just hope he's all right but yeah it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see to see what happens then we had the stuff with the women which i, I do kind of like because I, I think that as aside to the riot squad on smackdown absolution to me do feel like a dominant women's force all the stuff with oscar this week i thought was good you know, I love the fact that when all three got in there, Asuka just kicked all their asses until the numbers game caught up with her. Then, of course, everybody else ran out to try and stop Absolution. Now, it makes no sense on one hand, because why is Alexa Bliss, for example, helping out the good guys? But it kind of does when you take into the fact, oh, they're just so worried about Absolution, they all have to come together. Like, you know, the friend of my enemy is my friend, or whatever that nonsense is. So I actually think it's quite good. I mean, it probably needs a bit of an injection of something, because I think Paige coming out each week and just cutting a similar promo isn't going to be able to go for too long. But I do think they're being booked strong. I think maybe we just need a bigger focus on the other two girls, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. But Mandy Rose got some promo time. What was that awful catchphrase she's got? Put your hair up or shut up, square up, something. I don't know, didn't like it. But I didn't think that was bad. And I do think there is more interest. Although the only problem I do have with it is the women's title seems to have vanished into dust at the moment. There doesn't seem to be a program, program for that. But again, we, we're a long way from any kind of pay-per-view. It is an interesting storyline. It is establishing two new faces and it is re-establishing Paige back on the Raw brand. So all of that to me ticks the boxes. And of course, the other thing is Enzo and Nia Jax are now having a thing. I didn't think these segments were terrible. And I actually thought Drew Gulak was very good. And I actually think Drew Gulak is very good every week. He feels very underrated to me at the moment. With that said, I am just worried about where these segments are going to go. 
Because go, you know, if we use the past to d- dictate the future, these things don't often go well for WWE. You know, they often they often are awkward and difficult and bizarre and strange and make you question why you watch wrestling to begin with. Now that may not happen. And Nia Jax may fit into 205 Alive wonderfully. She may give Enzo a different side to, to show off. But I don't know. I don't know. We will we will have to see. We'll have to see what happens. But it's interesting. And at least Enzo, uh, at least Nia Jax was still involved in the absolution stuff. And that was my worry that she wasn't going to be, because that would be mental, right? You've got this dominant women's force who are here and they're kicking ass and you know, doing all this stuff, but you don't go get the, the giant monster that you've got to try and chase them off. I'm sure I'm missing some other stuff that happened on Raw. You know, that's kind of the, the, the tick boxes for me. And again, it was okay. It was fine. It served its purpose. The Jason Jordan Kurt Angle thing for me to be dead has been dead for a while. I'm not even sure it's going to be saved when he turns heel, but we don't know. So we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, really, we're going to have this until we get that 25th anniversary of Raw show in mid-January or whatever it is. I think that's the go-home show for the Raw Rumble as well. That's when I think wrestling and WWE will kick off again big time. But we'll have to wait and see. For now, we can just ride out the rest of the year knowing that all is done for 2017 and, you know, 2018 is just a blank slate. We have no idea what 2018 holds. Okay, SmackDown and Clash of Champions. We'll do this together as we're going to be going over, over old ground. So we'll do the predictions again. Please do visit Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. And um, my boy Mitch is still, you know, he's taking all your, all your predictions. He's putting them in a big league. And the winner at the end of the season will win a prize. Um, the season one winner didn't want his prize. So you may get two prizes as well. So that's always nice. But the pre-show match is Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley. They've got to be upset with that, right? I mean... I know the pre-show isn't really a pre-show anymore because technically it's all on the network, so what difference does it make? But at the same time, it does have a certain connotation where it makes you think that WWE doesn't care. Although Mojo Rawley is clearly going to win that match, which is my prediction. And as long as coming out of the back, on, of, the back of that and on SmackDown, he is putting a big program, giving a good push, then that's fine. I mean, I don't, as much as I would like WWE to see them do something with Zack Ryder, I don't think they're going to just because... It's been too long. I don't all of a sudden see why they would. Whereas Mojo Rawley, they do seem to be interested in him. He won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Before Zack Ryder came back, he was involved some, you know, in some things. So we'll have to see what happens there. All they got on SmackDown was a graphic to say they would be fun on the pre-show. Couldn't even find five minutes to have a segment with them. So it doesn't look great, but yeah, Mojo Rawley's my pick. I can't believe Zack Ryder will win this. I don't even think they'll have another match. I think it'll be a one and done, and then they'll do with Zack Ryder whatever they want. Charlotte versus Natalia for the women's title, which is a lumberjack match. Now, that does tie into everything that happened on SmackDown, where they literally went, well, it's a lumberjack match, so we've got to make sure we get all the women involved. I didn't necessarily like it. I mean, it was Charlotte versus Ruby Riot. The match lasted about 35 seconds. Then Natty left commentary to beat up on Charlotte, which caused the DQ. The kind of theme of all of this is that Natty is trying to win over the Riot squad while also trying to win over everybody else. So she's like the cowardly heel, classic, who just wants to be everybody's friend. And then it just ended with a big brawl. And I can't remember who came out now, Carmella... Tamina and somebody else, Lana, I think. And they chased away the Riot Squad who were making a nuisance of themselves. So you get the idea that we've got Lumberjacks. I cannot believe they're going to let Natalia win the Women's Championship. Because like I say, at the moment, everything just feels so convoluted and messy with the Women's Division. I just cannot believe that's going to be a thing. So I'm going to go with Charlotte. And I hope when we come out of the back of this, we can end the Charlotte-Natty feud. And I guess Ruby Riot's got to be your next contender. And that's fine. I mean, I don't necessarily think she's ready for that spot. But she's new. You want to push her. That's great. But maybe let the other women go off and have their own angles. And let's just focus on a one-on-one angle here. Because I do think that makes for better TV. And I do think it makes for a better program. But Charlotte is my pick. 
which the, the, the triple threat match for the United States title with Corbin, Roode, and Ziggler. Like, I like everybody involved, right? I think Baron Corbin has potential. Bobby Roode is, an, is a solid veteran, to say the least, and Dolph Ziggler is probably underused and underrated. However, I don't care about this because WWE doesn't give me any reason to care about it. It's slapdash. It's out of nowhere. You know, this week on SmackDown, we had uh, Ziggler versus... No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We had Ziggler versus Corbin. No title match. And Rude just did exactly what Ziggler did last week. He was on commentary, left, beat up Ziggler. Corbin wins by DQ. That's that. We go into the triple threat match. I'm not even 100% sure why Ziggler is in this match. <laughs> and I may have missed this. And I, you know, the reason Corbin and Rude don't like each other is because they had that lumberjack match, or whatever it was, a few weeks ago, and they accidentally hit each other. It just feels a bit weak to me. And I think that's a shame because... It's the US title. And much, you know, that Roman Reigns versus Cesaro match for the IC belt, I do think helped the title a little bit because they really seemed like they wanted to win. Again, you have to do that for weeks and months to build it up. But at least within that day, it felt like that. The US title at this stage doesn't feel like it's worth anything. I forget that Corbin's got it sometimes. And I just, some, it would be nice if they focused on it more. I think this match will be good because I think they're all very talented wrestlers. And I think Ziggler and Rude will help Corbin to have a better match than we're used to seeing him having. But I don't care. That's the problem. I don't care. I think that Baron Corbin will retain. Because I think that Ziggler can take the loss here and then you can continue on with the Corbin rude feud, which I assume is what they want to do. Probably want to do it at the Royal Rumble. So I say Baron Corbin retains. Also, there's no reason to take off Baron Corbin right now. There's just not. So I say Baron Corbin retains. I assume the rude stuff goes on till next year. Don't know what happens with Ziggler. Like I say, don't necessarily think this is an overly good program. Which brings us to the tag team match, which is the Usos versus the New Day versus Benjamin Gable versus Russo versus English. As they told us on SmackDown, you can only tag your own partner in. So it's not like one of those round-robin matches. Amazingly, on SmackDown as well, Rusev and English beat the New Day. No, they didn't beat the Usos. They beat the New Day last week. They beat the Usos. They pinned the tag champs, which means two SmackDowns, two wins for Rusev and English. Now, again, the problem with this is it probably means at the pay-per-view they're going to lose. <laughs> They'll be the ones to take the fall. Which I find madness because... Well, you all know how I feel about Rusev. I think he's the most underused person on the entire roster. He should be main event as far as I'm concerned. But also on SmackDown, they were incredibly entertaining. Like English finished his 12 Days of Rusev song from last week, and it was great. You know, Rusev just got the funniest look on his face ever. I like Benjamin and Gable, but they do feel a little bit flat. And the New Day and the Usos, by this point, while they're both amazing teams, they have been running to the ground a bit because they haven't got that many other teams to feud with. Hence why we've got four, you know, four here. I'd love to say that Rusev and English were going to win, but I just it doesn't feel like WWE booking to me. I'd imagine the Usos retain. But this is really hard to call because, no, this will change, I imagine. I'm actually, I'm going to go for a chat. Who's going to win this? This is actually a tough one on paper now I look at it. And like I said, they all got into a big sort of war of words on SmackDown. And the only ones that really came out with any kind of momentum were Rusev and English. So that, to me, takes them away from it. The New Day feel a bit lost at the moment, but it doesn't mean anything. You know what? I'm just going to go out on a whim. I'm going to go out on a whim just because then otherwise I can't win the predictions league, right? I'm going to say Benjamin and Gable win the tag belts. That's a stupid thing to say. Of course that's not going to happen. But given that I don't usually have a good gut feeling about matches, I don't have one here. So I'm going to go Benjamin and Gable. I mean, I've done nothing with them yet, WWE. So why the hell they put the tag team belts them, I don't know. But that, that's what I'm going to go with. I just think Rusev's got a new shirt. They've got a good gimmick. Aided English has found a place. It just makes, I think it would make sense to put them on. But again, it just smacks in the face of what they usually do. It's not, you don't usually see, you know, win a match, SmackDown, win a match, SmackDown, win a match at the pay-per-view and the titles. I can't even remember the last time that happened. But I go Benjamin and Gable all the same. 
We also found out on SmackDown that the fashion skits, fashion file skits are now WWE.com exclusive. Although someone said to me that was just last night's one, but I'm pretty sure they said from now on it's on WWE.com only, but we'll find out next week. And I think that sucks in a certain degree because mostly, um, what do you call it? The, the, the fashion police are facing the Bludgeon Brothers at the pay-per-view. They're probably going to lose in about two minutes because I don't think WWE has any faith in them really. And that then probably means they'll disappear from TV and they'll just make a series a series for, what do you call it? WWE.com. Not the worst thing in the world. I just think you could be, I just, WWE needs tag teams. That's what I don't get. And yet we're not using them. Look, there's no way they're going to meet the Bludgeon Brothers and nor should they. The Bludgeon Brothers are coming. They got some momentum. The last thing you want to do right now is, is job them out. You know, you want them to win. You want them to keep kicking people's ass, which is what they've been doing on SmackDown. It was hilarious what they did on SmackDown this week. They faced two nobodies, although one was Colin Delaney, apparently, who used to be in ECW. And when, I think it was Colin Delaney, went up for the double choke slam, he made a noise, <laughs> the high-pitched scream, but it was very funny. It did make it very entertaining. Uh, but the Bludgeon Brothers are without doubt my pick here. They are. I just, I just like them. The gimmick is, I've said it each week, but the gimmick is so silly and over-the-top and weird and old school, but they do kick ass in the ring. So that you know that 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 kind of works. So yeah, I uh, I like it. I, I well, no, I don't like the Breezango, so I don't know what they're going to do with them. I, I do think they're more talented than they're given they're given credit for. However, you know, allowing the Bludgeon Brothers, maybe that's why Aiden English and Rusev will win the tag team titles because then the Bludgeon Brothers will just come in and destroy them, and then they'll move into somebody else. I've had my picks now, though. We won't go back there. Um, we'll get to the Orton, McMahon, Zane, all that crazy stuff last. We'll do Styles versus Mahal. Now, AJ Styles, I thought, was very good on SmackDown this week. He started the show. He came out, cut the usual promo that always happens when you start a WWE show. Singh Brothers came out and pretended they wanted to be on him on his side. And then AJ Styles. This is the best thing. AJ Styles, you know, the lovable babyface, outsmarted the heels who were trying to trick him because he showed pictures of social on social media of the Singh Brothers hanging out with Jinder Mahal in India. And he was like, this is absolutely bollocks what you're telling me. He beat them up and he got away. WWE never does that with their baby faces. Most of the time, the WWE baby face is an idiot who doesn't do anything or always getting tricked by the heel. And this was really good. And guess what? It made me like AJ Styles more. You know, it, it, I just thought it worked really well. Now, my worry is when we get to Clash of Champions that Mahal's going to win the belt back. I mean, there was nothing here to suggest that. And we did have a promo on SmackDown where, you know, again, the, the wonderful, lovable baby face AJ Styles did say, you know, I guarantee you that I'm going to win. And usually when a babyface says that and doesn't deliver, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't go well. And also going into the Raw Rumble, I'd much rather see AJ Styles main event matches than Jinder Mahal matches. And Jinder Mahal lost in India to Triple H, which I couldn't believe, by the way. Like the fact Triple H in Abu Dhabi loses to Roman Reigns, but he won't lose to Jinder Mahal in India, I think kind of sums up exactly how WWE sees Jinder Mahal. And that's why if he does beat Styles, it's just going to throw everything into turmoil, if you ask me. But... Yeah, this was, well, this, it depends what happens. I think AJ Styles will get a good match out of Jinder Mahal. I think AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world at the moment, as long as he wins. I just feel like he needs to, he needs to retain, which is another reason why I shifted the tag team title belts around, because otherwise no, one, no belts have changed hand on this card. And in a, in a pay-per-view called Clash of Champions, you'd presume that you need to, um, you know, change at least one title. Well, that just feels like what WWE would want to do to my brain. But maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. I, I, I don't know. But I think AJ Styles right now is just flying. Taking off the belt would do nothing for him. Even if the things do interfere and it's a screw job, I kind of feel like we're throwing the SmackDown title around a little bit. So, yeah, that, I, I have to go AJ Styles, even though my gut worries that that's not going to happen. 
I assume that will be the main event as well. Maybe it won't be, actually, because they are treating the other stuff like the main event. But anyway, I think the biggest match, and the match that a lot of us are most excited about, is Randy Orton and Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, with, you know, there's, there's loads of stipulations here. We've got two refs, because it, it was announced on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan came out and he said, look, I'm going to be the second guest referee alongside Shane McMahon so that there is definitely no screw jobs here and we can all walk away with our heads held up high. And obviously, you know, if Kevin Owens and Zayn lose, they're going to get fired. And as Daniel Bryan's teased over the last few weeks, he's not a massive fan of that stipulation. And also, Owens and Zayn were just wonderful on this week's SmackDown. It started off with them backstage with the yes, the Daniel Bryan yes t-shirts, but they put a P over the yes. So it was the yep movement. And it was basically about how they feel they've been screwed on SmackDown and how they deserve justice. And they came out, you know, halfway through the show for a big like rally and they wanted the whole roster to come down. But obviously only Daniel Bryan came down. He was like, what are you idiots doing? But it, 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 the best bit was when they kept doing these statements like, you know, Shane McMahon has screwed us all. And then either Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, whoever didn't say it, would just go, yep. And it just worked really well. It was really funny. It was really stupid. They came across like utter morons in the best possible way. And then that built to uh, a main event between, it was Nakamura and Owens, right? And obviously there was outside interference, which let Owens win. But Daniel Bryan counted the three because he was on commentary. The ref got knocked out at one point, so he took his place and did the one, two, three. And that was, again, I, I just think this story has built, been built so well because something has to happen on Sunday. If WWE doesn't pull the trigger on something, it'll be the ultimate tease and not in a good way. Like The tease has happened now. We've teased for weeks. Now we need to pay off on Sunday. And I really do think it's carrying the whole show. It's the whole reason I'm excited about Clash of Champions. Because there's loads of ways you can go. Does Shane McMahon go heel? Does Daniel Bryan go heel? Do we have a, a faction between Owen Zane and Bryan? Is it a swerve? And actually McMahon's part of that. We don't know. And I think that's what's really exciting. And admittedly, Randy Orton and Nakamura kind of feel a bit like they're just hovering in the background. But still, it works. And, you know, whatever is the fallout from this, I think you could work Orton and Nakamura into that into that as well. And also, I quite like seeing the team of Orton Nakamura. Don't know why. Just feels like a cool main event tag team. But I did enjoy everything they did on SmackDown. I like this match. Also, Daniel Bryan was on commentary before he did, like I say, get in the ring. And um, yeah, it was it was saying a lot of stuff. Like he mentioned the time, well, he didn't say Ring of Honor, but he mentioned the time he detached his retina, which was in Ring of Honor, was mentioning a lot of outside WWE stuff. He just doesn't care. It was a lot like talking smack stuff, and I enjoyed that immensely. I always love it when Daniel Bryan goes off script. Just doesn't he? Just he, he feels it's like he's free. He doesn't care if the W because you know he knows WWE aren't going to get rid of him, so he says whatever he wants. So it was just an ent. All that stuff has been entertaining. I don't think WWE's put a put a foot wrong with it yet, which is why again the payoff needs to be good because so far to me it's been the best story they've done for a while. And if it is going to build into some kind of um, match at WrestleMania 34. There was a rumor the other day that it's going to be Shane McMahon versus Daniel Bryan if they can clear Daniel Bryan. And if not, Daniel Bryan will find someone else to fight on behalf of him. Now, that obviously would be amazing. And we'd all love to see that, but I'm not going to get my hopes up for that because I just don't believe it. I don't see how WWE manages to make that happen with concussion lawsuits on the go and telling me how to retire. I guess if they've got medical proof, then that changes everything. But yeah, for my money... I can't. I, mean, I want it to happen. Maybe that's all it is. Because I want it to happen, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket because otherwise I'd just be disappointed. And I think it's good not to be disappointed, <laughs> basically. But, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. You just don't know. The good thing is now, last pay-per-view of the year, I think it's got a lot of steam. I think they are they're doing a good job with all of this. And I'm excited to see the fallout, which is why I'd be disappointed if they don't pull the trigger on it really because if they do do that or if they don't 
you know, give me some something that I can take away and go, oh, brilliant, what's going to happen on SmackDown? That's what I need, right? That's all I need. What I need is, oh, what's going to happen on SmackDown? That's all I need. As long as you, you implant that in me, I'm ready to go run for Britain. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But it, that, that's what I need. I want a reason to tune into SmackDown. I think they've got a great opportunity to do that, so it would be a huge shame, uh, a huge shame if they didn't do that. And that's pretty much everything that's happening in WWE at the moment. I mean, there's the Rich Swan stuff, which I don't necessarily want to comment on because at the moment we don't know all the facts, it's all allegations. It, I mean, you know, from the reports that have come out, he got into some kind of scuffle with his wife and he got arrested. Doesn't sound good at all. He's been indefinitely suspended by the WWE as per their zero tolerance policy on domestic abuse, which it does sound like this is. But I don't like commenting on that stuff. What I will say in a, a, a more, what do you call it? open sense is that stuff is terrible and anyone that does that doesn't deserve to have a job with anybody you know and he absolutely should be suspended and, and eventually fired if that did happen but I don't know at the moment so that's all I'm going to say and obviously that was all um what's the match we've got now it's Cedric Alexander versus um Drew Gulak to see who will be the number one contender for Enzo's 205 live title I would guess they're going to give that to Drew Gulak anyway right because he had that big schmoz with Enzo on on Raw where they kind of fell out I don't know what that was. I think you may have just got a weird noise. On the, my levels just spiked. I'll try and get rid of that. I may not be able to. Sorry about that. No idea what that was. But yeah, so I guess we're going to do that. And I guess we're going to have some kind of tease with Jax, Enzo, and Gulak. Because that's what we had on Raw. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But that was the other big news of the week, which was disheartening, to say the least. I never like to hear anything anything like that. And again, it's New Japan for me that's kind of, you know, is getting all the headlines at the moment. I know that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are about to announce the venue for their 10,000 seat a show, which is uh which is exciting. I mean, if you can announce that for 2018 as well, that's another feather in the indie scene's cap for lack of a better term. You know, especially we don't know what WWE's going to do in 2018. And again, no one's ever going to catch up to WWE. It's not going to happen. But if other people keep making inroads, well, you just never know. You never know what is going to what is going to take place? The world of wrestling is a crazy world. And on that note, I just thought I'd address everything with my arm. <laughs> because if you watch any of my videos over the last two weeks, I've had a lot of messages on Twitter and who and comments and stuff saying, Miller, what is wrong with your arm? And I didn't want to spend too long on it on videos because, you know, if you click a video, you've not, it's not called What's Wrong With Simon Miller's Arm. Hence why I've left it to the end of this podcast as well. It's, you know, it's about ups and downs or whatever, you know, you want to, you want to, um, whatever the title is. So basically what happened was, I went to a wrestling training session a couple of weeks ago, which was, had been going fantastically up to this point. Everything I've been doing at Knuckle Locks, which is the former Projo, I felt you know, more confident and I felt like I was getting momentum. Still, you know, still a long way to go. I'm not saying I'm the greatest professional wrestler. I probably never will be anyway, but I'm not saying that. But I certainly was feeling more confident than I ever have done. I was excited about each session. I was learning more each week. The trainers there are awesome, you know, giving me helpful advice. And we got to the point where you learn to be thrown over the top rope which is a very scary proposition. I mean, in your head, it may not sound that scary, but when you actually see a wrestling ring, it's very high off the air, plus you throw an extra six feet, which is what I am, and it's a, it's, a, it's a long way down. And what you basically do is, you know, you run towards the rope, take your left hand, you grab the top rope with a, an underhand grip, you go over, and then you plant your right hand to, you know, balance yourself, and then you use that to sort of post off the apron onto the floor. Now, I did all that. Wasn't the most graceful way to do it. Kind of took a bit of a, a slump landing, but that actually isn't what injured me. What injured me is when I went to plant my arm, I, I, I don't even think I took too much force on it. I just think I've had shoulder injuries in the past, and for whatever reason, this jarred my shoulder, and I knew straight away it was bad. 
but you kind of, you know, I don't know whether anyone out there's had a sports injury or, or something similar, but when you do injure yourself, especially when your adrenaline's up, you kind of just hope it's a, it's a knock, right? Because, you know, for example, if you kick a wall with your foot, right, your big toe hurts straight away. It's like, oh, but then a few seconds later, it calms down. And I think we all have that with injuries. And that's what I hope with my shoulder. I was like, okay, well, I've clearly jarred it and clearly spiked it a bit. But I'm sure it will wear off. You know, I'll take some ibuprofen, I'll ice it, and I'll stretch it out. It'll be fine. Wasn't the case. <laughs> that was a Saturday. And by Monday, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, like I say, I have, I have rotation of it, but it just it hurts so much to move it. And when I started doing videos, I was like, well, I don't have to move it here, so I just won't move it. Like, I do enjoy gesticulating like a madman because <laughs> it makes me laugh. But, um, yeah, it's... it's uh, <sighs> I didn't have to do it. And as unnatural as it did feel to do those videos, you know, I was like, screw it. I tried to do some videos on Sunday as well. I just could not do it. I was in so much pain. So I had some physio on it that week and that kind of helped. But then over the weekend, it got even worse. And now I'm just kind of in that stage where I'm, you know, I'm worried that something is torn, if I'm completely honest. And yeah, it is, it's, it's, it is worrying because, you know, I haven't been to the gym now in a week and a half, which for me may as well be 72 years. Like my whole backbone to everything, the foundation of my life is training so having to and i understand why i can't like i'm not saying i'm not being a baby about it but it, i just find it difficult like that balances me you know especially we, we talk about mental health issues and stuff like that when everyone has a something that balances them my balance is is the gym that's what keeps me focused and whatnot so it's difficult enough not to do that but especially because i felt like the wrestling was going well and also a few weeks ago i kind of thought to myself okay i'm gonna knuckle down with this and really see what i can do with it and then for this to happen it is a bit of a shit back to back attack you know it does it does bum you out uh, it does bum you out a little bit and it has bummed me out a lot um because i think mostly because at the moment i've rested for um i've rested it for um what do you call it uh, a good almost two weeks well a week and a half and it's not getting better and usually when that happens you um it, it starts especially when it starts getting worse you have to start thinking to yourself okay this could be, it could be a tear, basically. And if you've torn something, you either have to rest it, in my experience, it depends what the tear is, right? You can get minor tears, but it can be for six months, or you may need surgery. And if you need surgery, that could be a hell of a long time. And that's what I'm worried about at the moment, because like I say, it's just not getting better. Ice doesn't help, Neurofen doesn't help, Physio hasn't helped, in fact, it probably made it worse. I can't sleep on it, blah, 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 blah. But we will see. But that is my worry. Um, and it sucks. It does suck. But you know, these things happen, right? Why do we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. But that does mean, I mean, it's kind of screwed me over in a lot of different areas as well. Like I couldn't do a video I wanted to do properly. And the people that wanted me to do it asked me to do it again. Oh, just because I couldn't, oh, it's ridiculous. But you know, some people don't get it and that's fine. There's nothing I can do about that. People expect certain work from me. So I'm doing what I can and I'll continue to do what I can. And hopefully I can, I can get back to wrestling trainer sooner rather than later because I'm not a spring chicken. I'm uh, I, I'm not a young man, so the sooner I can uh, the sooner I can get back to it, the better. But yeah, so if you've watched any of my what culture videos, especially or anything on TMR, uh, the Middle Report channel, you um, yeah you you will notice that my right arm, like I say, I can move it if I want, but it hurts. So I'm like, yeah, it's that classic thing, right? You go to the doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do it. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to rest it as much as possible, ice it, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean that. Look, if you're going to do an act, any kind of active sport, active sport. You, you can injure yourself. That's just, that's just life. And unfortunately, it happened to me. But you know, these injuries can be a funny thing. You can be over them in a few weeks. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. 
And that's kind of everything that's been going on in the wrestling world. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I need to talk about. I don't know whether you saw the Matt Capitelli news. Can never say never say his name, but he is the tough enough winner, who um, was. I think he. I think he. I think he may have removed himself from tough enough, or definitely had removed himself some from some wrestling stuff because he had a he had a brain tumor and he got it removed. It came back, and he came out this week and said that he is he has terminal brain cancer, which just through me through me for six is anything like that i think puts anything in perspective i mean what a horrendous you know what, what an absolutely horrendous thing to have to deal with but you know i, I think that kind of well for me anyway put stuff on perspective and then in other news as well it does certainly seem like rockstar spud is going to debut for wwe soon as well on a complete flip side and more positive news it seems like his work visa has been been sorted out. He's going to debut on 205 Live. And I think it'll be a wonderful addition to, to that company. I mean, I met him once before. I interviewed him for this podcast. And the best thing about Rockstar Spud is that he is completely affable and open to any and all ideas. And I think because of that, no matter what they give him, he'll do the classic turn lemon into lemonade. And yeah, I think it will be a riot, to be honest. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing... Yeah, to seeing him on the main roster. I think he'll do a, I think he'll do a fine, a fine, fine job. So, so you can keep an eye out for him. Uh, on the note of my shoulder, though, it is starting to kill me. So I'm going, I'm going to go ice it again uh, and rest it. As always, thank you very much for listening to my, my silly little pro wrestling podcast. It does mean the world to me. Uh, make sure you do subscribe as well. That's the other thing. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't even need to you know, know when something's going to um, you have to wait for anything. It'll just pop up in your, in your feed. Like I say, if you'd rather watch it on YouTube, it's there at youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. Go to Facebook, like the group, follow me on Twitter at Simon316. If you've got a dollar to spare, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Give us five stars on iTunes and just enjoy wrestling. Clash of Champions. Make sure you go to the Pro Wrestling Facebook group on Facebook and let me know who you think is going to win. I always like getting other people's opinions or tweet me, whatever. But let's get the conversation going. Let's get it started. Yeah, let me know, you know what's going to happen. What's Daniel Bryan going to do? What's Shane McMahon going to do? Who's going to go heel? One of them's got to go heel. Like, you know, they've, they've teased it too much in the sense that um, you know, they, they can't not deliver on this. I mean, they can, the WWE, but let's hope that they don't. I mean, my, I think Shane McMahon will go heel, but ultimately I think Daniel Bryan, Sammy, o, Sammy Owen, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens will be a lot more fun as a threesome on, even though they get cheered everywhere they go, I think that will be more fun, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, make sure you enjoy the next seven days of wrestling. Got Tribute of the Troops tomorrow. Don't know how you watch that if you're a UK uh, watcher, but they're doing that as well. And then we've got Clash of Champions on Sunday. So there's loads of wrestling this week before we get into the new year. Christmas Raw's coming up too, so maybe you see Jason Jordan attack his dad and get all sad about that as you're eating your turkey and your stuffing. What the hell was that? Computer just making weird noises. Anyway, have a lovely weekend. I will speak to you soon. <laughs>